Hey VC family, welcome back to Midweek Recap. Today I'm sitting down with Dustin Rimmers, who's our kids and middle school pastor, and Steve Ross, who's actually new to our staff. He is over facilities and he's also the pastor for our senior adults. Um, so Steve, tell us a little bit about you and what you do here since you're new. A lot of people might not know what you do here. Well, I am in charge of maintenance and uh, I spent 39 years in the fire service. So I was in the destruction business, not the construction <laughs> business, but I, I am uh, being mentored by Dustin, who is highly talented at that. And, uh, but I'm also the senior adult ministry and, uh, and I have a passion for, uh, for mature Christians and we are targeting their, uh, addressing their needs. And uh, I've been blessed with given the responsibility of ministering to that sect within our church. That's good. That's awesome. So on Sunday, we had Bob Fu here. Mm-hmm. I was out sick. We had a, uh, a stomach virus running through our family, and I was hurt. I slipped on snow over the weekend. But you guys were here. Yeah. So um, I wanted to ask, like, what did you guys think of the message? Dustin, like, what did you think of Bob Fu? I thought he did a fantastic job. Yeah. I really liked seeing um, his perspective on things because it's different than what we see here in the Western church. And um, especially he was he's talked about specifically Christians who are who are being persecuted and um, and some of their stories kind of really hit home that mm-hmm. the things are different for them than, than we witness here. And so getting to hear some of those were really awesome. He specifically talked about one pastor who was uh, an ex-mafia leader and and then he ended up um, t- turning his life over for Christ. And he started going to the markets to, to witness. Well, they arrested him and he got put in prison for seven days. And he came out texting everybody saying, hallelujah, I got seven days of intensive um, opportunity to witness to these people behind bars. And then they, he goes straight back with his mom to, uh, to the market. And then he gets arrested again like that next day. And um, his mom was too old, so they let her go home. But he put him back in prison for 14 days now. And he said, came out, hallelujah, got 14 days. Instead of like, I've just wasted, you know, 21 days of my life, you know, I was trying to serve God. He looked at it as an opportunity to, to continue the gospel and, and spread it in places that he wasn't able to get to before. So I thought that was super cool. That is super cool. I think, I think that's something we kind of miss in the Western church of like that mentality of whatever circumstance or context that I'm in, yeah. I can use that for an opportunity Absolutely. to minister to people. You know, we see that in the in scripture when Paul and Silas were in prison, like they could have gone down all kinds of roads, but they didn't. They chose to worship God in that moment and God did amazing, amazing things through that. And so super cool. Yeah, that is really cool. So I think the real reason we talked yesterday and why I really wanted to have you guys specifically on this week is because we have our persecuted church experience happening um, this weekend. And you guys have done a phenomenal job just developing that. And I just wanted to hear your guys' hearts about it. I know this has been something that um, we've been talking about before I was even on staff. Yeah. I remember when yeah, I was, been a long time. like when I first started working with the team before I actually officially came on, um, it was something that Bart shared with me that we were gonna be doing this series, Unstoppable. Yeah. Um, and that we'd be doing this experience. And I know you guys have been working on it really hard for a long time. So I just wanted to hear your guys' heart about it. So like, what were the origins of this? Like how'd this start? Yeah, so we uh, we went to 121 Church. Um, this is years ago. Um, kind of just partnering with other churches in the area and seeing what they're doing and, and uh, kind of learning from each other. And they had this experience up. They had the, their version of Unstoppable that they were running. And so, um, talking about the persecuted church around the world. And so we really noticed this in their main commons. They had these three rooms that were built up 
Uh, one was a little home church in a third world country, and then one was a prison cell that you were waited, waiting in on uh, being sentenced. And then the last one was solitary confinement. Just a black room, you walk in and close the door. And it was super cool that they had built this experience that you could walk through. And the way they had it uh, set up was a, uh, they would have somebody from the, from the church that would kind of lead groups through it. And they would say, okay, go in with your family into the home church and pretend that, that this is where you're living and this is how you have to worship and keep your voices really quiet. And, and so, and they did just a fantastic job trying to immerse you in this environment of what this would feel like. And so Bart had asked, he had said, hey, can, can you can you build something like that? And I said, yeah. He said, well, go take a look at that before they tear it down. So I went over there and the guys at 121 were just awesome. And mm -hmm. as I was going through it with them, uh, they said, I asked them, what are you gonna do with all those supplies when you're done? They said, we're gonna throw them away. I said, well, we'd love to have them. And so we ended up with all of their building supplies um, when they built it. But as I went from each room, I walked into the home church and I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. You know, and um, imagining that I'm in that situation. Then I came out and he said, okay, the next room, this is, this is jail cell kind of waiting sentencing. And, so I went in there for a while and I thought, man, this is, this is really heavy. Uh, there's pictures of, of people around the world, missionaries who are actually waiting to be sentenced. And so mm -hmm. I was like, man, that, you know, and you actually see their face and there's something about seeing someone's eyes, you know, you really can yeah. kind of relate to them a little bit. And then the last room I went into, it was just a pitch black room. He said, this is solitary confinement. So I went into that and uh, about to walk out and he goes, oh, hang on, let me turn on the sounds. And I said, the sounds. And so he turned them on and there were sounds of water dripping behind you and then rats scurrying around and the hair stood up on the back of my neck. And like when, when that extra sense got brought into the situation, mm -hmm. it like made it real for me compared to just standing in a dark room. Now your mind is imagining what it actually cost to be a Christian. Yeah. So whenever, um, whenever I came back with this idea, uh, I thought, man, I, I'm going to build this whole thing, but I really don't want to build it just to tear it down again. Um, because then, then all of that work, it would be useful for one weekend, but then mm -hmm. it's got to go away. So I thought, what if we put it into something that could be transported from place to place, maybe used at other churches, we could pull it out again in a year. And that way, all of the work that we're putting is, doesn't go to waste. It's not a one-time thing. And so we, uh, this idea was birthed that let's put it in a shipping container. And so we were able to, to locate a shipping container and got it brought in. And, um, and so that kind of is the, the origin of it. And then I started thinking in each room, like, how can we make this as, as immersive as possible? Like, really, yeah. what is it, what is it going to feel like to be a Christian in this situation? Because, again, in the Western church, uh, it doesn't cost us anything, really, to be mm -hmm. a Christian, right? Yeah. I mean, as a kid, you get made fun of when you pray in front of your meal. If you bring your Bible to school, they're going to they're gonna laugh at you. But really, for the most part, we don't, it doesn't cost us much. Overseas, though, it can cost everything, right? Mm -hmm. And so... Just wanting to not man emotionally manipulate people, but have them realize, because I think it's important to understand what other, our brothers and sisters are going through. And that helps us understand our calling better. Right? Yeah. So. Yeah. I think that's the thing is, I think there has been times where the church has done um, experience and stuff like that, where they do an manipulate people. Mm -hmm. But the key is, this is something real yeah. that happens to people. Yeah. Um, every day in other countries yeah that we're not exaggerating that we're not putting on an act like this is something that like our brothers and sisters of christ are really experiencing yeah. every day but i know it's been um a real experience just building it for you yeah. guys um and that like this is something that you guys have personally worked on and this is like changed you guys some yeah so tell me steve like you were sharing with me a little bit like what has this been like for you, you came on kind of midway in this um but what was that kind of like the experience of building it for you? 
You know, initially it was uh, just another construction project. <laughs> it's just a project that the church was doing. But as we started, uh, as we started working within these different uh, areas within uh, the uh, the project, it, it became personal to me. The, mm -hmm. I started being convicted because when you're when you're building this waiting room and and you're building these solitary cells and mm -hmm. you you know the holy spirit puts upon you that this is your family that's actually experiencing this mm -hmm. dustin pointed out here in america you know and i'm talking about for me not about everybody else but i i really had this uh, i had to really repent uh, a lot of sin of omission because here in america we're out of sight out of mind yeah this is our family yeah. this is our the this is the body of christ that is being persecuted so as you're building this thing it got very personal to me and and it got harder actually the more we built the mm -hmm. harder it got and i think dustin can attest to that because it got yeah. it got emotional because uh, you start one i see the lack of gratitude on my part for the blessing we have living in this country yeah and uh, and we we constitutionally should have you know freedom of religion to where we're free to worship our religion not freedom from religion that mm -hmm. we have around the world and uh, so for me working on it, it it actually it actually became more of an emotional experience mm -hmm. the the closer we got to to finishing and, and fruition that and and that's what i would hope for everybody that goes through the experience that we actually uh, we actually get out of our western mindset and 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 look at the blessing that god gave us mm -hmm. in america and and you know, I'm sitting there thinking, you know, there's nothing I can do for it. Well, yeah, there is. There is a lot that we can mm -hmm. do for our brothers and sisters around the world as far as supporting uh, su supporting the spread of the gospel, the fact with, uh, uh, especially through prayer. Yeah. And, and I have made an intentional, uh, intentionally, and, and, and people that I come in contact that, hey, we need to every day individually pull out a different one of these persecuted countries mm -hmm. and, and pray for these people. And, and lift them up in this spiritual battle that we're actually in. Yeah. Yeah. I think, and one of the things that we're doing that the, the, the experience isn't just contained to the container, yeah. that there's going to be other parts to this. Um, and, and one of the rooms that we have, um, we're going to have prisoner profiles yeah. of people that are like right now in prison <clears throat> for their faith, been sentenced and you're going to have their names and their stories. And like, you're going to be able to pray for them. Yeah. And like to be able to put a face to like this, what is really like you guys have said, an abstract idea yeah. for us in like the Western church. I think it's really important. So tell me, Dustin um, or Steve, a little bit about like what else goes into this experience, like those other rooms. Yeah, so we've got we've got the commons, which is the main room you're walking into. Um, we've kind of changed some things in there to kind of jar you when you come in. There's some, uh, the music being played, the the razor wire above the, the guest central and checking in, kind of a guard shack. We've got like personnel um, checkpoints that you're walking through as you go, just to kind of, um, again, in in United States, in Saginaw, when I come to church, uh, I, I, there's nothing I walk through. I drive mm -hmm. right into the parking lot, walk through the door, and I'm greeted with a smile, but that's not how it is everywhere else. And so we wanted to show that just showing up to a place, um, it's unsettling a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's the first thing. And then you go into um, kind of this, this um, the, what we're calling the exhibit room. So there, like you had mentioned, there's all these exhibits around the world. 
or from places around the world that give you information about the persecuted church all over. You know, during this process, um, we took a trip up to Oklahoma and we went to the Voice of the Martyrs, their headquarters. And so we got a chance to kind of go through some things that they have up there. Super great organization. Um, but one of the, the tour guide that was walking us through, she asked us a question and she said, um, let me ask you, do you have persecution in your church? And so it was kind of a trick question, but at, at first I started thinking about the physical campus that we meet at, right? So I started thinking, what kind of persecution do we have here? And she stopped us and said, no, 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 think about it. We are all one church. So the answer is we do have persecution in our yeah. church, but we don't see it that way. You know, we look at it like my church is here, but reality is my church, big C, is, is God's church, right? Yeah. I mean, like we are part of his, his body and his... And so she said, think about it. If you get up in the middle of the night and you're walking through your house and you stub your toe... Um, Last night, my wife was in the kitchen and I heard a big crash at like one in the morning and I go running out and uh, there was a, a plastic container full of something or another and it fell on one of her toes. We're pretty sure it broke it. So I heard this crash and so I go running out in the middle of the night and I'm like, is everything okay? And she said, yeah. So when that thing fell on her foot and, and again, probably broke her toe, um, her toe couldn't cry out, but her mouth could. And we need to be the mouth for our brothers and sisters around the world that they can't, they don't have a voice to cry out. They don't have the tools and resources God's given us. And so we, that's really the heart behind this experience is understanding our calling and, and what our brothers and sisters are going through. And, uh, and like, like Steve said, we look at it like there's nothing I can offer them because I don't have the resources to fly over and, and physically help somebody escape this persecution. But we can pray. And that's, as a believer, the number one thing we can do to help other people, right? And so... Yeah. I think that's that's really good, and I think what Steve said was really true. That I think a lot of us need to repent about um, omission in our lives mm -hmm. that we we're lying to ourselves when we say like it's not really that bad yeah. for those people, or that we allow ourselves to live in a place of ignorance where like we just act like it's just not happening. Yeah, because it is happening, and we do have a responsibility. The Bible tells us that we should be praying for those people. Mm -hmm that we mourn with those who mourn. Like that's, that's our responsibility to do that. And if we're not that we need to do some introspection on ourselves. Like, yeah. why aren't we doing those things? Yeah. Why does praying for those people make us uncomfortable? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so really, I would just want to hear both of you guys tell me, you know, like what is your hope for this experience? What, how do you hope this changes the person's life that walks through it? Yeah. Steve, you want to go first? Trying to throw you on the spot here. Yeah. That, um, I think my hope would be that uh, was more of a that we glorify God through this persecution. You know, Pastor Fu talked about, uh, and it struck to me that every time somebody was uh, severely persecuted, and it's something that I probably have not experienced mm -hmm. to that extent, certainly. And uh, sure. but every time somebody was persecuted, he would he used the, he said. The devil wasn't happy. And why would he say that? These guys had joy every time they were persecuted because the church grew. Mm -hmm. They were spreading the gospel. Well, Jesus said in Matthew 28, and, and you know, we, we always get to the part about go and make and teach. Mm -hmm. But he said, all authority has been given to me. Mm -hmm. Then he said, because you are mine and I am in you, all authority has been given to you. Then we go and make and teach. Then he said, I'm always with you. So what I want this, so when I was going through this experience is I don't want people walking out and going, oh, that was, that was, no, this is, 
It's the victory of the fact that the gospel is spreading. We do need to be supportive. We do need to realize that the darkness in this world, that there is light that shines in it, and we need to be part of that light. We are that light. And I mean, yeah, as Dustin said, can I get on a plane and go? I could, but the fact is, I can go and grow right here, right now, where I'm at. I have a responsibility as a part of the body of Christ that uh, I shine that light. And, uh, and like I said, we can provide Bibles, we can pray, we can, but this is our family. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think when we, one of the reasons we kind of turn away from looking at the uncomfortable things um, that are happening to our brothers and sisters around the world is I think one of them, it, it is uncomfortable to look at. And, and if we have to rationalize that this is actually happening, then it becomes real to us as well. But if I can say, my walk is the walk that everyone experiences. It's, it's a little more comfortable to think about. Uh, I think the other thing is um, for me to, to acknowledge that persecution is taking place around the world is to acknowledge that it could happen to me. And I think a lot of times as a believer, we don't want, we don't want that, you know, mm-hmm. we want, we want Christ and we want his forgiveness and salvation and, and blessings. And that's great. But the, the darker side that Christ wasn't ashamed to tell us they're going to hate you because they hate me. Right. Um, I think, I think we need to realize that, that that side of the coin is there too, right? And, and I think knowing that makes us a stronger believer, makes us a stronger follower of Christ. And if you look at Christianity um, in the Western world, in America, um, compared to how it's growing in these countries that intense persecution is happening, um, when Christianity is pushed to the margins and it's, it's persecuted against, it just thrives. And I think the reason is here in America... Um, if, if I look like my neighbor and I talk like my neighbor and I watch the stuff that my neighbor watches on TV and I don't act any different than my neighbor acts, when, when situations happen in his life, he doesn't look at me and say, something's different about you. What is that? But overseas, when they say, hey, my neighbor just gave up everything because he's following Christ and he, he got put in prison for nine years and then he came out and he's still preaching the gospel. What is it about the gospel that causes you to w- be willing to give up everything and because Christ is real, right? I mean, the zeal for Christ is huge. And, and sometimes we, we want to live this lukewarm life. Um, and we want to we wanna have one foot in the world and we want to have one foot in the gospel. And we want to try to navigate that life. And that's not appealing to anybody. Christ himself said, mm-hmm. be hot or cold because lukewarm, I'm going to spit you out, right? Mm-hmm. Like we need to make sure that. And what I hope through this experience is that people just have their eyes open to the fact, again, not emotionally manipulating anybody. We, we were actually really intense or intentional, in, intentional, intentional, intentional. There we go. Words. Word we're just creating them as we go. Yeah. But as we were building this experience, we didn't have any plans. We didn't. And, and I mean, how many times as we were building it, the things changed, like we would actually, we had a room built and we said, we don't like it. We ripped it down. Right. We felt like that didn't, um, it didn't convey what we were trying to do. And so that multiple times, right? I mean, like, we completely changed things. And, but as we were looking at it and going through, we realized, um, you know, we wanted to create an experience that people could walk through and, and, and again, not, not scaring people, but opening their eyes to the reality of, of what it's like. And we walked into that cell that first time and the big, I mean, the doors started out of these, as these wooden doors on a track that would slide shut. And, 
Um, we thought about making them hinge open and stuff, and then that kind of got into walkways. So we were like, oh, let's make them slide like a jail cell. And then we ordered the metal, and it was a little thicker than we expected. And so once we cut the, <laughs> that was a nightmare cutting all that metal. Wasn't you know, it? I walked around here, been over for three days because it's a little <laughs> thicker than we expected. Oh my goodness! Well, it was five yeah. foot by twenty foot, and oh, we had to cut those sheets tremendously up. Tremendously heavy. And so the doors are about a hundred pounds a piece, you know, ninety pounds a piece, and. Um, yeah. Once we got those things put on there and the thing shut, remember you talked about the sound it made when it closed? Remember the wood, it sounded like you're closing the stall door, but with the metal, uh, I have visited, as a fire chief in Amarillo, we had fire protection over the prison and I heard the doors close. I heard the bars clang. Yeah. And it's in the dark, it's ominous. Yeah. It, it's, it's heartbreaking is what it is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I, I went and sat in that cell for the first time. We put the door on there. And I went and sat in there and closed it. And there's a little slit that you can kind of see the light coming through from the hallway uh, in the experience. And I'm, chills went over my arms. I mean, I was just like, my goodness. And so I reached my arms out and you can barely touch the sides of the cell. And you're like, this is what people live in, right? They were willing to give up everything for their faith, right? Because there's something worth giving up, you know, because what you're gaining is so much more. And so that's what I want people to kind of, I'd love for them to walk away with is just this reality of like how blessed we truly are. And, and I want everyone to receive that blessing. Like I want everyone to know Christ the way that we know Christ and, and the relationship that I have with him. Um, and, and that we can be doing something for, for our brothers and sisters who are being persecuted. So, yeah, I think that the thing I really hear from both of you guys, um, in one way or another is that the lesson we can learn from our brothers and sisters that are being persecuted, um, in other parts of the world is it's not the persecution that changes the people's lives around them. Yeah. It's the way they respond to the persecution yeah. that they count it as joy that even though they're being put in prison, beat all of these things for their faith, that they still count it as joy and they see it as an opportunity to do more for the gospel yeah. and that the people around them in their lives are seeing that and it's transforming them. hundred percent. And that that's a lesson for us that no matter whether we're being persecuted, whether we lose a loved one, whether we have sickness or illness or whatever it is, any circumstance we find ourselves in, that we can count it as joy and see it as a way for us to grow yeah. and that God could put purpose to our pain and that the people in our lives can see that and realize there's something different about Dustin, yeah. something different about Steve and that that changes lives, yeah. that that's the witness that we have for the gospel. That's true. So yeah, I just want to thank you guys for coming on today. Again, we have the persecuted church experience happening this Friday through Tuesday. Yep. Um, you could register online at eaglesview.church slash events. Um, we really hope to see you there. It's going to be a life-changing experience. Let me add one thing before we're done. Yes. If this experience does have um, tight cells at the end and, and they are darker rooms. And so if you have got kids that are, that are under, mm -hmm. you know, an age that maybe maybe 10, 11, 12, that you feel like that might be pretty intense for them. We have another, we have a couple of ways we can kind of mitigate some of that fear. Um, they're gonna be in the cell with you, so that helps. Um, but if you say, or maybe you're claustrophobic and, yeah. and this is something that you're not wanting to be part of as well, go through the experience up until going into the cell. And then as mm -hmm. you walk down the hall, look into the cells and, and you're gonna get that feeling of, of what it could be like without actually going into it. The other thing you could do is uh, we're going to give um, little lights. If, mm -hmm. if a kid goes in and gets scared, they can turn a light on in a cell. That way they're not yeah. completely in the dark. So anyway, we've got some of those, but this is an awesome opportunity. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Yeah, Will. it's going to be awesome. awesome. Appreciate it. We hope to see you guys there.